When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 75. My name's Turner Sparks. I am Cap in America. On the podcast today, we have comedian Petey Rancel. He's a New York City comedian. He also happens to be an Iraqi war veteran. Wow, that's very special for an episode 75. It's like three quarters away to 100. That's what my math tells me. Exactly. So we, got, we have to bring out a real American hero today. A real American, a real American hero. We're going big time. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Every, a lot of times whatever, we have on people, we go, this is going to be good. This could be fun. But I feel like this one is going to be intense. Uh, PD also is a very funny man. So he's got, I think he's going to have, this is going to be a story unlike you've ever heard. Yes. This is going to be the real story a told real by. real Lost in America Told by a comedian. We're going to find out what it was like to go, what it's like to come back. but What bef- it's like to, you know, aim a gun. I don't know how to do that <laughs> properly. Have you ever shot a gun, Kaplan? Uh, I have riflery class in camp. Had to go. It didn't go well. I can't squint. It's a real problem. <laughs> so that would be... Squinting if, was the problem? Yeah, if we could figure out a way to get to like get reverse evolution where no one could squint, then there'd be less people with guns in America, I think. No. In the, in the, in the or they land- would be shooting them like blindly. Let's <laughs> so the big problem is... Like, I'm going to ask the, my fr- the NRA if there's a gun for guys who can't squint. I'm going to go on NRA TV this week since it's in the news. Let's see. I think it's called uh, a machine gun. Oh, yeah. That's, or that's you can just blast anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. You don't really have to aim. Yeah, all right. But before we get to PD, uh, we have a couple things to take care of. First yeah. of all... Some house cleaning. Tonight, live podcast... Stand up, are New you, York. If you don't have tickets yet, what are you doing? Are Get you, them now. Are you fucking kidding me? I got. I'm gonna rest my voice. You better rest your yeah. voice. It's tonight. We have Des Bishop. We have uh, uh, Anthony Devito. We have Sherrod Small. We have Francis Ellis from Barstool Sports. Sherrod Small is from the Race Wars podcast. We have Joe Schaefer. We have Joe Schaefer coming. He's doing live announcements. He's yeah. doing our intro, but doing it live, which yeah. is gonna be it's pumped. like when you watch Saturday Night Live or something, and it's like, there's an announcer. We're, we're you know, he's like our that. Ed McMahon. He is our Ed McMahon. <laughs> we're starting out. I'm gonna be doing stand-up. I didn't do stand-up last time. It was kind of an awkward beginning. We didn't know what we were doing. This time I'm doing, I'm telling stories about my trip to Asia that were yeah. too hot for the pod. I mean, it would be more awkward if I did stand-up to start off. So that it would wasn't be... that bad. 
<laughs> that would be it'll just be better. <laughs> I will say last time we did it, everyone thought you were gonna do stand up. That was some miscommunication. Yeah. Everyone asked me after they're like, How'd Cap stand up? Well, because half the people there apparently didn't know we did a podcast. They just were like, I invited him to something and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna go and then so they just thought I was a comedian all of a sudden. I'm doing I showed up at a comedy club. So well, you're standing on stage at a comedy club. I think club. now it's clear. Yes. No standing up for me. I'll be sitting down the entire time. So get those tickets. You can get them at StandUpNY.com. That's Stand Up New York's website. Get them now. Come to the show tonight. Uh, I believe it's $20 at the door or 15 if you get them now online. So get them now and then bring your friends. Come on down. Cap, one piece of business to get to. Yes. These fake lost, these losers in America. Losers in America. These fake lost in America. Where are we out on our offensive? We're ready? Well, we have our cease and desist finally uh, out. The cease and desist guy came through. It's out. We have Blue Shirt 2. Went to work on it. Blue Shirt got his minion on it. It's out. It's on the way. I'm going to read part of it for you right, right here. Because a lot of it's redacted. We can't read the whole thing, I think, legal reasons until they've received it. Is that true? Uh, yeah. So we're going to read part of it. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> Yeah, okay. So I won't read the whole thing. Dear... Miss Miss McGovern and Mr. O'Neill. Can I read that? Yeah, part? let's say their names. The name say, of the defendant? Shame them. Shame on you. <laughs> I write this is written by Blue Shirt. I think it's written by Blue Shirt too, but Blue Shirt, like right. a good lawyer, he signs it. Right. He didn't he had his he had a guy below write it and then Blue Shirt signs it. He That's, takes credit yeah, for it. Exactly. I write on behalf of my clients. The Lost in America podcast, owned and produced by Turner Sparks and Michael Kaplan, herein referred to as the real LIA pod. Boom. He has that in herein. Very good legal term. He has that in parentheses and then inside the parentheses, quotes. So nice. that's how you know it's professional. It has come to my attention that my clients, it has come to my attention by my client that since February 3rd, 2018, I like the blue shirt, did his homework. Yeah. Looked up when their pod started. Oh, he's, he, had a, he had a person do that for him. You have been producing another podcast, also called Lost in America, in parentheses, herein referred to as the fake LIA pod mm. cast. I like that. Fake. Yes. <laughs> herein. They've just been declared fake. This blue shirt, too. We might have to move him up to blue shirt one. Yeah. Good he's writing. Really good writing. <laughs> I hope he's got a nice, colorful shirt. You've been doing this without my client's permission. Or authorization. Or authorization. Oh, I just added that. <laughs> so, I think that might say that, oh, too. Oh, nice. I'm not looking at it. And uh, the letter is written to demand... Oh, this letter is written to demand that you immediately cease and desist from using the mark Lost in America as the name of your podcast. There's more below, but as Kaplan's told me, I cannot read it. So that's what's going to them. That's going direct to Pittsburgh, or wherever these losers are. Pittsburgh, yeah. Was, is that the right... February 23rd, they started? I guess no February third, according February 3rd. to Blue oh. Shirt too. Um, I thought they maybe they deleted old episodes. I swear they started. I'm well, they try. they will be now. They're they, on the yeah. run. Baby. I thought they were starting November actually. Or else we're taking them not to small small claims court and then big time. What's the big court? Called? Is there a TV? What's the big TV show? Is there Judge Judy still? Is that the one or? Yeah, let's take them to that. Yeah. <laughs> Judge Wapner. Yeah. Judge Brown, I think's one. We're everyone. The, the Supreme Court. We got to figure let's out a way to get some publi it's good publicity for both of us. Really. Send them to prison. Send them to Sing Sing. <laughs> Guantanamo. And then they could come on our pod and talk about it afterwards because we have not had a guest yet. It was lost at Guantanamo. Exactly. That would be a, that would be a, that's a for our 100th episode, that's where we should shoot for. We go soldier, 75, 100, and then 150, we have to get the president. But, that's a win win for us. Yes. That's what I like to go win win for. Yeah, win win for America. Z lose lose for them, but they're losers in America. So, Cap, okay, last piece of business. Hello, Chinese. Yes. Sponsor of the podcast. They're going nuts. Get it? You can get it. It's the number one pod. It's the number one uh, Chinese learning app on the internet. 
Yeah. Number one Chinese learning app for Chinese beginners on Apple, on iTunes, on Google Play. You can get it at hellochinese.cc. It's totally free to sign up. If you want to get the premium app, it's $10, $10 and up, maybe $20 for the, the best one. And if you put in the promo code LOST for Lost in America, you're, you get 15% off. Yeah, when you said Hello Chinese to me, I wanted to reply in Chinese what Hello Chinese is, but I have, I'm have i slacking. I'm Meow. losing. But my son probably knows because Teddy Kaplan has been on that app. Yes. I posted some videos on our Facebook page. You or, can check uh, it out. Yeah, it's, he is learning that. And this this app is so even better than I realized in that once you go through each uh, lesson, there's like a quiz. At the end. At the end. You do this quiz to like, and it repeats, it's questions based on things you learned that day. It's and amazing. And then if you, at the end of it, if you get, you either get, um, if you didn't do well in the quiz, it gives you like a little broken heart thing. Which, yeah. Which my son thinks is highly entertaining. <laughs> but if you do well, Star's just shining up. And if you do well, Teddy Kaplan then will declare, oh, you know Chinese. It's also that's like, what he says. <laughs> bring, 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 bring. Yeah, it goes, bring, it's bring, like a video game, yeah. basically. It's very so, stimulating. That's why it's great for your kids. Because it's like they're playing a video game. They love it. Yeah. Plus, they're learning Chinese without even realizing yeah, it. Yeah, your it's kids amazing. can learn Chinese without the smugness of telling people your kids are in, like, a special school that teaches Mandarin. Which is way more than $10. Yeah, way more than $10, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so get that. HelloChinese.cc. Promo code LOST. We get a kickback. You get a 15% discount. Everybody hits. You get a, yeah. You, you, know, you get Chinese. You learn Chinese. You learn Chinese <laughs> for real, $10. And the discount. <laughs> All right, Cap, should we get to Lost in America? Bring it on. Play the music. We're back. Kaplan, you're lost in America this week. Speaking of Teddy Kaplan. Yeah. HelloChinese.cc's favorite customer. What do you got? What's yeah, going on I mean, with Teddy? This is a kid who's, if I don't say so myself, a very bright young man. Even he's, if you do say he's so already very, He already knows how to play chess. He knows, as we've discussed, every country in the world. He knows all the capitals. He's learning Chinese. He's funny. He can do a lot of things. He's a good dancer. He's got it all, right? He can play tennis. He's got it all. He seems like he's, he seems like he's on his way in life. And yet... We had career day at his school last week, and um, you know you had to dress up. They had a note came from home. They send these notes, and you, you know you had to dress up in anything you wanted to for what career you wanted to like have one day. You know, now what would you have said when you were a child? Oh. I wanted to be a fireman. I wanted to be I wanted to be a spokesman for uh, thrifty car rental. I remember was my big <laughs> one. Very specific. My parents always tell people that. That is very interesting. Like I wonder what a shrink would say about that because like almost everyone's like I want to be a baseball player or a basketball player or yeah. I wanted or, to be a shill for big corporations. That's where you're such a good spokesman for Ents and Hello Chinese exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm living my dream. We should get a thrifty as a sponsor now that you've... Right? It actually would come full circle. So what did Teddy say? <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what you think out of a child. These are normal things. A president. Well, maybe not now, but, you know, in usual terms. Um, but he said, uh, and you know, and I had ideas. For, he said, I don't want to be anything. First, I was like, well, you maybe don't know. You, it's not that complicated. We already have an astronaut costume. You work for Halloween. You want to be an astronaut? Another one I imagine a lot of kids say, astronaut. Yeah. No, it's too. I wouldn't. It's too dangerous up in space. <laughs> I don't be an astronaut. And then you know what about a uh, basketball player? You stick on your, uh, you know, his Ben oh. Simmons shirt, and you go, or, or your Carson Wentz jersey, a football player, and he's like, 
no, football's like, no, football's too dangerous. And I'm like, what about basketball? He's like, basketball's too dangerous. The ball can hit you. Wow. And then I'm like, what about a chess master? You want to be a chess master? And he's like, no, I don't want to be a chess master because the piece could hit me in the eye. So finally, Teddy Kaplan. Yeah, so finally I'm like, what, Teddy, what is going on here? You don't want to be anything? And he goes, no, I just want to be a daddy. Oh, he wants to be a stay-at-home dad. He wants to be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. So my question is: Is that is 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 this a as is he the feminist ideal? Am I supposed to be work? Am I supposed to encourage this? Like, should I encourage him to not want a job when he goes up? I will. Or should I be encouraged? Should I try to fix this? Okay. My first thought is that this is a byproduct of you raising him so close to Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> so close. You're literally what ten steps away from Williamsburg, Brooklyn, the epicenter. Of liberal America, right? So blaming the liberals. I like I'm this. blaming the liberals. <laughs> right. But it, it's not a bad, I guess I'm blaming liberals, but why can't there be stay-at-home dads? There's stay-at-home moms. Yeah. Right? But, but yeah, but there's like, so will it go full circle? Like, do you break, like, you know, the glass ceiling? Women can run for president now. We can do it. They can do anything. He can break so, the glass floor. Like he, we watched this exactly. <laughs> well, we watched the Super Bowl <laughs> together, right? As I've talked about. And when uh, Nick Foles uh, was the Super Bowl MVP and he's up there. And he had his baby in his arms. And sure. he had the headphones on. And uh, Teddy's observation was, oh, you could be a football player and a daddy? Like he, had, oh, like he yeah, thought yeah. Nick Foles was like breaking glass ceilings, apparently. <laughs> I was like, only Nick Foles can do this. Not You mean he doesn't look at you and think that you could be a football apparently, player? Well, yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> he doesn't. He, um, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, maybe, now you could argue this means I'm like clearly not a hardworking, <laughs> I don't really have like a clearly definable career, so he's not getting a good role model at home, okay, like going out and working. <laughs> so, well, so, no, yeah, whatever, stay-at-home dad, more power to him, why not? We need those, you know, the world needs stay-at-home dads. All right, so I should, you're saying I should encourage him. I should. I, I think you should encourage him to be whatever he wants to be, and if uh, what he wants to be is nothing, encourage yeah. him to be nothing. And he should tell the teachers if they're like, if they give him a hard time for not wanting to do anything. Which they might not, because I feel like we've gone so like full circle that like if, if like this, if like Ruby was in school and saying she didn't want to be anything, she just want to be a mommy. I feel like they would they would that wouldn't be politically correct. That's not encouraged. That. In, That's not encouraged that, anymore, right? Not that close to Brooklyn. It's yeah. Not. <laughs> not, yeah. I but, mean, I don't know how they would feel. The other day, she said she's like, I really want a baby in my tummy now. How do I get a baby in my tummy? And it's like, you guys, oh, you're, wow. not, you're not leaving the house. Clock's ticking at yeah. three. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I was like, you can't have a baby in tummy until you're married. And yeah. at least they're old enough to rent a car. I think and you're right, though. It's funny. I think that, yeah, you're right. If Ruby said that, it would be seen as horrible. Like, they would not put up with that at school. But if Teddy said it, I almost it's encouraged at this point. Yeah. That's Equality. A way, that's a way for them to win. It is. And then one day we'll have a nation full of stay-at-home dads. Yes. Who vote totally different. They vote like soccer moms vote now. Yeah. <laughs> it'll change. It'll flip everything upside down. It'll be great. That's, a, that's what you, you can't predict what Teddy's generation is going to do. That's a utopia. So, but he will be able to speak Mandarin. He'll be able to teach his kids Chinese directly at home. Because he's because he had this app as a child. Exactly. Bonus plug. Thanks to Hello Chinese. That's you pay us more for that one. All right. Ints is an app. Speaking of bonus plugs, <laughs> this whole episode is plugs. This is just plug, plug, plug. plug. Ints is an app. You can get in the app store up to five minute audio messages. Cap, we said we were going to be insing more. We've been doing it. We've been living up to our word. Get on Ints. Also, what we're doing now is. We're previewing who's going to be on the next next episode. Yeah. And before we have them on, we're putting out a call on Ints where you can send us in questions for them. And then we'll ask them. Like Petey Rancel. We put it out a few hours ago. Who's got a question for Petey? Up until now, no one. But <laughs> if they did, if they did, we would ask it you to You have them. questions, yeah. So stay ahead of the game. Get on Ints. Find us. I'm at Turner Sparks. Cap's at Lost in America. And uh, that's it. You can keep in touch with us. All right. 
Should we get to Peter Ansel? Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. Back with our guest, Petey Rancel. Petey, thanks for doing it, man. How you doing? Thank you, thank you very much, sir. Uh, no, I'm living the dream. How are you, sir? Pretty good. That's what you always say every time I see you. Every time, every time. We do shows down at the Lantern together, and uh, but you've been around doing shows in New York for a while. Yeah, uh, I've been doing comedy for two and a half years. Two and a half years, approaching three now. Uh, I moved here after I did like five open mics, and I was like, if you're going to do it, might as well do it. Where were you doing the open mics? Uh, I did a couple in Miami. I was a truck driver, like I was telling him, and I did a couple in Miami. I did one in Tennessee, uh, one in Baltimore, Maryland. You did like an open mic tour. Yeah. (laughs) You actually made a t-shirt with like, get your dates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you were just driving up north and you stopped. Yeah, I was just driving up and down the East Coast. While you were on your trucking routes? or Yeah. Oh yeah! Did you stop? You said you drove through Allentown a couple times. Did you do any comedy sets there? Oh no, that was a completely that was a sitcom more than a comedy oh. show. <laughs> Allentown, Pennsylvania. We got a lot of listeners there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. I I will never go there ever again. Oh. Shout out. Because uh, <laughs> that place was just so unlucky for me. Uh, like I said, I was a truck driver, and I can I got into three accidents in less than a week in Allentown. Two in one day. People. What are the drivers like in Allen? Maniacs, Cap. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might have my dad. He's, he has a lot of dinks on his car. He doesn't remember where they he came from. He ran into Petey three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all other truck, like other big truck drivers. So it was all inside of one compound. It's there. like the most trucking. Like there's a highway in, that goes through Allentown that's like the biggest truck. There's like a there's like a Dunkin' Donuts on one side of the highway and then Dunkin' Donuts the other exact side because there's that many trucks go through. Wow. They have a lot of. Allentown, uh, Pennsylvania, <laughs> the artery of America. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. yeah, the main vein. Every, the main vein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call it. So you, uh, what, well, we got to, first of all, you and I, I went to college in Miami. You're from Miami. I'm from Key West. Oh, you're from Key, even oh, better. Where we actually went to Key West before I Cabo really and I well. did, we went to Fantasy brother. Fest. Fe- oh my God. Wh- are, are, did you guys decontaminate these microphones before you had it? <laughs> we didn't go yesterday. Oh, wow. No, hey, that, that doesn't matter. Probably <laughs> 15 years ago. The shit was... you catch at, at Fantasy Fest will linger for 15 to 20 years. I was trying to catch it. I don't think I succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Fest is an insane part of America that I think most people don't know about. And how about this? Because I'm Cuban and culturally, are we look at things differently. The first time I went to Fantasy Fest was before I was able to remember. So... Oh really? You went your whole life. Yeah, I've been. I, like, I went in a stroller. Whole, yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> you get people are throwing beads at you in a stroller. What? I was looking for everybody's titties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're breastfeeding, you might as well just. Uh, Everyone really? should go. If you're listening right now, Fantasy Fest is like Mardi Gras, but less annoying because it's not annoying. Like Mardi Gras is annoying. There's too many people. Fantasy Fest is less people. It's a comfortable amount of people, but it's on Key West, so it's on an island. Yeah, but it's the same concept of so like no container laws in Key West. There's none no, of those. No, you can do whatever you want. I don't remember want. that it was. Fan- I just thought we went to Key West. I don't even. I just thought that's what it was like there. I didn't know that was a special. <laughs> place. No, we went to Fantasy Fest. I don't even know what it celebrates. Some god of something, right? Yeah. But it's but it's, it's all the two story buildings, just I'm like the New Orleans. Only one who stopped by Ernest Hemingway's house to do some sightseeing, but yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. but you, what I want to talk to you about is, um, you're the only veteran I know. Yeah, uh, it's really? not my parents' age. Do I know any? I don't know any veterans. I don't think in our twenties, uh, thirties. Oh, see, I, I do CrossFit, so like I, I know a few. But oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I'm not, you know but, I'm not, none of them are comics, though. So. You're definitely the only one I know who does comedy. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I've met a couple of them. Uh, Omar Albiati, he had a meltdown on stage, though, so. Oh. Yeah. So he's not doing comedy anymore or whatever? Or he's really doing comedy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I mean, he went deep. Yeah. I guess Ch- Chip uh, Chip's, Chip Hall is a comedian who I, th- I believe was in the Air Force. Re- uh, I don't know if you know Chip. Okay. But where were you? What 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 were you? Were you in the Marine Corps? You're in the Marine Corps. Yes. Okay. When did you join the Marine Corps? In 2003. Okay. Good time. So is that yeah. before the Iraq War started, or was it? It was just as it kicked off. Uh, I joined. And how old were you? 18. 18, straight out of high school. Yes. And just what was the d- decision to join? Was it like you got in trouble and your dad's like, I'm sitting. Your parents like, I'm sitting here the Marines. No, it was like I <laughs> that, never. That's what they told I, you. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how, that's how everyone joined. everyone joined. <laughs> that's just an f- empty threat from. Like, dude, I came from a lower income family. Like, we college wasn't an option unless you worked your ass off. And when you come from uh, an environment that doesn't cater to the success of studying and being in school, then you really have no other option. It's either that or you can go become, like, just work. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. This might give me an opportunity to better myself. So I I went there and yeah. Where'd you sign up? Like, was the recruiter at your high school? Or? No, uh, my brother had already joined. My brother, uh, yeah, my brother was the the one that was the really successful one in the military. I was the one that eked through the cracks and I made my way. Okay. Through. <laughs> and, so, and what's it like signing up? You just literally you go into an office and you're like, is it like on stripes? We're like, hey, I want to I want to be in the military, and they're like, all right, and then music plays and then. Yeah, they have the whole trumpeteer in the back and they confetti <laughs> and nah. Um yeah, you walk into the into the drum like the or the recruiting station and you have these guys that are really their job is to look really, really cool. Okay. To people that are poor. Or really patriotic to people that are white. Did they come to your school? They high, did, they, they but come to our high school too. But uh, I didn't, because uh, my brother had already joined. I already already spe- started speaking with the recruiters. My dad was like pushing me through the door of the recruiting station. So yeah, I just I kind of went, and then one day they were like, "All right, you're leaving the boot camp." So I could see the idea of joining in like 1999. When you're like, eh, hey, we're never going to war. Life's good. Yeah. America's the best. Or before the Gulf War, the first That's one. An, oh, yeah, like, even like the 80s, yeah, it seemed like. But we'd... 2003, were you scared? But, no, not really. Well, dude, because I had already come from a pretty rough uh, upbringing. And I grew up in Key West in the 80s. Like, you know my joke. I say I was literally born into a kilo of cocaine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, let's talk about a little about that. So what was your upbringing like that you... Dead. My parents came over from Cuba on the Mariel boatlift. 1980. 1980. Wow, like in yeah. that's in uh, Scarface. 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 Yeah. In the wow. Scarface. Yeah, and um, my parents they they moved to Miami like every other Cuban, and then my mom's family went to Key West because it was only 90 miles away from Cuba and it was an island. They fucking ran back to They're familiarity. Like yeah. And my dad went down there, and his godfather was a very successful uh, narcotics trafficker, and my dad was basically his right hand. Ooh. So my dad was a huge <laughs> coke dealer in Key West, and then uh, they both ended up getting hooked, my mom and my dad. Hey. So um, I came up in that rough like drug dealer environment. My dad always fighting and buying guns and like the whole... So when I was joining the military, I was like, 
All right, y'all motherfuckers better watch out. Okay. <laughs> you familiar with? Like, I was like, I'm, and then, but the thing is that combat is not nearly as bad as getting fucked with by the people that you're in the military with. What do you mean? Psychologically, because you always feel like you're going to be in trouble. I would much rather have stepped on an IED than have shown up to formation late. Wow. Why? What would they do? Because <laughs> you, they yell at you and they tell you that you're like. They just, bro, it's constant just yelling and, like, they're in your face about the most asinine bullshit. Cause I couldn't, yeah, I'd be terrible. I, bro, That's I... It's <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Nobody wants to do with his life, we discussed. I was, I was straight up Bill Murray from the movie that he did with... Stripes. It's Stripes, yeah. yeah. From that, I was, that was me. I was the guy that had the attitude problem, like, you can't tell me shit. Because I would fuck somebody up. But the thing is that I know those motherfuckers killed people. Yeah. So when one of them actually turned and showed his teeth, I was like, all right, maybe I won't fuck you up. This is in the military? This is in the military. Oh, no, and then I was a defense contractor, too. Okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> so, Wait, so what do you do first? So you, okay. you decide you want to join, and then you go basic training? Yeah. You and go, it's boot camp? Is well, that- you go You go to what's called McMahon. Um, I, I can't even remember uh, what this shit's called. But MEPS. And it's where they do the physical, and the old guy grabs your nuts, and the whole <laughs> guy grabs. Your they nuts. also do that when you turn forty. Just no, they stick right. a finger in your ass when you turn forty. <laughs> yeah. But they also do well, that I'm for you to get out again. of the military. In well, order for you to get out of the military, if you get disability, if you get a disability rating, uh-huh. you have to get what's called a a DRE, digital rectal exam, and a doctor just puts on a glove, <laughs> some petroleum jelly, and pop goes weasel. What are they checking for? I mean, if you're like it, 25 years old, 25. Yeah. I was 22. Right, so you can't get no prostate problems. Then. Okay, <laughs> so you're in. So you go in, and uh, what's is it still like? So your idea of going is like I'm going to be tougher than any of these. No, my anyway. my idea of going was I don't want to be like I don't want to die broke. At least I know they pay you twice a month. Yeah, <laughs> it's a job. Yeah. yeah. And so, how long did it take the from world. the minute you decided? I'm so, you, the minute you signed up until the minute you're in Iraq. What was the length? Six months between? No, or? no, 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 no. I went to Japan for two years first. Oh, and then, Konichiwa. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I only know Konichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were in China. <laughs> where Where were you in Japan? Uh, Okinawa. Oh yeah, Okinawa. Yeah, there's it comedy was... in Fukuoka. If you really? Ever go back and Osaka both have comedy clubs. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! I would love to go back to Okinawa. You should do it, dude. I I I would love to. I, I'll definitely do that shit. So you got yeah. two years in Okinawa to start out. Yeah, but I also went. I got deployed to the Philippines during the mudslide. I got to go help with that, and um, I got to see a little bit of that stuff. I got to see some some of mainland. So yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good so far. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool, pretty good, except for like they treat you like. You're a teenager who's in trouble. Like you had to be home before midnight. In Japan. Uh, in Japan. Well, I heard about this. You can tell me if it's true, but I heard that in Okinawa, there's tons of bars that say no Americans allowed. Yeah, no gaijin. I was gonna say like, no gaijin, and it's because uh, there's been so many terrible instances of like bar yeah. soldiers They're rape not, or yeah, whatever. There's, it happens. It really does. Like we. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's specific to Japan or anywhere else in the world that we go. We terrorize whoever is around us. Because, bro, we had a helicopter crash into a college. Where? In Japan. When you were there? When I was there. 
And students were in the middle of the street with like bullhorns and shit. Like, get out of Japan. Jeez. Well, it wasn't an intentional crash. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't some kamikaze <laughs> yeah, yeah. pilot. <laughs> first kamikaze. The first American <laughs> kamikaze. This guy had been in Japan too long. He picked up the culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess the victors can terrorize. Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, but then when you hear that, I, I I don't know if this is true, but when the military started leaving Okinawa, because they were they had cried about it for so long that the U.S. was like, all right, fine, we'll leave. Okay, that it left such a, a economic vacuum because, because they picked the up, who... yeah, they picked up and went to Guam and they were starting to move, and then as soon as that fucking economic vacuum happened, the people there were like, no, 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 we're joking, you can stay, please. I uh, can I tell you a quick story. I was in um, Korea doing comedy, and there's a a base at Osan, this town called Osan, yeah. which is like an hour out of uh, um, Seoul. And you go, and the comedy club is across the street in the town. It's not on the base. Yeah. But the town is only there. Like it sounds like what you're describing. It's basically there because our base is there. Yeah. It's right outside the base. It's a whole street of bars, and seemingly they're like hooker bars. Somewhat, or but also they're like a mix of like old town, old time West, Wild West, you know, like right. the upstairs, downstairs <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but also then there's a comedy club. There's just a comedy club in the middle of it. Some regular bars, and at one one a.m. is the curfew yeah. in that town for the U.S. military. Yes. But there's no curfew for the Philip. Uh, sorry, the the um, Korean people or any Americans like, who aren't yeah. in the military or Americans who aren't in the military. So we're just walking around the streets, and at 1 a.m., all the the MP, the military police, come out and they arrest guys if yeah. they're not yeah. in by one. Yeah. The American military, but yet the American military is out there policing the streets. But then the Korean mil uh, uh, just police are there, but neither one has jurisdiction over the other. Right. But they were telling me that. Ultimately, the mayor of the town, the Korean mayor of the town, has no power because whatever the general at the base wants to do, he can do. Yeah. So he'll decide. Like he, they decided at one point they wanted no Filipinos around anymore because I guess all the Filipinos were prostitutes. They thought in that town, and he just got the mayor of the town to kick all the Filipinos out of the town. Is that crazy? Wow. Yeah, and he did it because of this economic thing you're talking about. He's like, we don't have a town. If the military, if we don't do what the military wants us to do, it well, was, I mean, but it that's the thing. That's up. that's how the. I mean, just understanding what the the U.S. government does from like the perspective of just a broke kid that came up and then got to see a little bit. Because I'm, bro, I am not educated. I'm from Florida. I'm basically retarded. <laughs> <laughs> we got no education system down there, especially in Key West, and. Um, so the only <laughs> we got no education. So this is a great way to put it. Too. <laughs> Shout out to the mayor of Key West, yes. Chancellor. Bro, I'm telling you, and it, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, it comes from like the culture and who tells you. But just from what I've been able to figure out on my own, bro, the the United States literally just grabs everyone by the balls and says, "Okay, we're here, and if you have any problems with it, I'll put these in your mouth, and you're gonna." Eat these. That sounds like a policy the president would totally get behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please yeah. support the military. So I'm, I'm just getting nervous. So your story just telling me, like, if North Korea, they should attack, like, at, like, 12.45 a.m. Like, all of our soldiers at last call apparently run around a bar. Oh, totally. totally that, would be, that would be... <laughs> I, I don't want to like get North Korea... So you're giving tips out. I don't think we should be giving North Korea tips on how to attack South Korea, but if, if we did, that would be, that the time. Would be one. Can, like I, can, I, can I let you in on a little secret? Sure. 
you know how 19 and 20 year olds are in college, how they're stupid and they have no kind of. Yeah. That's exactly who's in right. our military. Yeah. Right. They're not. That yeah. is exactly. They're no different. They're fucking kids that can now get alcohol. No oh boy. And <laughs> and know how to kill people. Jesus. And mostly men, right? And mostly men. And the women are literally being raped and just tormented to becoming men themselves. You mean the men in the the women in the military? Yes. And you're putting them in a country where most of the chicks are hot. <laughs> it's <laughs> Japan. Interesting way to look at it. It doesn't help. Yeah. You're saying we should invade countries with older with uglier chicks to boost the esteem of our American military. Which brings military. us to Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yo, Jesus. play with it. A lot of hate mail. This play with it. Play with, <laughs> it. play with it. Some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen were when I was in Iraq. Really? Take that. So what was it like when you got, like, what was your life like? Like, how much time are you, when you're in Iraq? So you go to Iraq as, like, a 21-year-old or something, and then Uh, you're on the base, or you're in the, you're patrolling? What are you doing? All right, so I was part of what's called EOD security. Uh, We escorted the explosive disposal team to the IEDs. Or if there was an IED that had already blown up, We'd take them there so they can disarm it or blow it in place. Or if it had already blown up, we'd have to go over there to do what's called a P, uh, PBA, post-blast analysis. And, um, yeah, so we were the, the unit that was allowed to drive. Because in Iraq, in the military, you had to drive at 35 miles per hour. Why is that? Um, so that you can see the IEDs and it's a safer if you do get it. traps. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> except for these traps, you don't get a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, <laughs> and if you do, it's on your toe. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, the the speed the speed limit was a thing, but we got to go as fast as we wanted because we had to get there in a timely fashion, and we were going multiple calls. So we were going so fast that sometimes they would blow up, and they would blow up behind us. Because you'd trigger it, and by the time it went off, you were already past it? Yeah, because they they were designed to hit the longer convoys, and they wanted to hit the trucks that were valuable. So they would have the... the and, bro, we were like... <laughs> How was, close did you get to getting hit? I got hit. I, I, I got hit by a, uh, a bungalow truck that was filled with... They guesstimate about 400 pounds of Simtex, which is a, a homemade explosive. So, okay, so you think it was just by some local... It wasn't by the military? Or whoever you're... There in, was not no, no military. military. Whoever you're... Who's the organized enemy? I mean, like... Well, it's an asymmetrical war. You don't have a formulated enemy. But the thing is... It, I mean, you got there after... Well, you're, the invasion. Right, after right, the invasion. After yeah, yeah, yeah. And then But the thing the is, it, dude, well, we're... I know that I might ruffle some feathers with, with what I'm about to say, but, dude, we were out there murdering poor people so that rich people can get money. That was literally what happened in Iraq um, because, bro, we weren't fighting anybody. We were just driving through and moving supplies and stuff and then having people walking through the city, like, and then these people are having to deal with Humvees crashing into their vehicles, pointing guns at them, killing their family members accidentally a lot of times. And then eventually they're just going to get fed up with it. Yeah. And they're going to fight back. Yeah. We had no business in Iraq. And even after I got out of the military, I went back there. I was still kind of brainwashed and I thought that I was doing something right. 
um, I went back as a defense contractor, and while I was there, I found out, or I saw with my own eyes, Americans guarding Chinese assets in Iraq, Chinese oil pipelines. Wow. And Americans were doing that because they were getting paid by the Chinese government? We were getting paid by the American. No, government. they probably didn't want. They didn't want it to fall into the the insurgency hands because it's valuable, probably. You know, what I mean? oil. It was, but know, it wasn't Chinese people guarding no, their was, own. No, no, it they was American. Them. It was American expats in in Iraq guarding Chinese company oil pipelines, and they were American companies, subsidiaries of Halliburton. I worked for Triple Canopy. Okay. Um. And it wasn't, I, I can't say that it was the company that I was working for directly, but it was Americans. <laughs> and do you think that that was contracted between the U.S. government and the Chinese government? That was a cooperation, that they were guarding that? Or do you think I, it's Kaplan saying it was, they were just guarding it so that the other people didn't get it? Or do we know? Uh, no, because the thing is, uh, I, I, I can't tell you for sure because I don't know. Yeah. I, it wasn't, it was above my pay grade, but... I guarantee, I guarantee you that <laughs> it was American companies that were getting paid to do this. Yeah. So right, right. it was what American I mean. American assets being used because anything that gets goes on in Iraq, it it's gets paid for by tax dollars one way or the other. This it, is why I mean I've I've had this theory for a long time, but this backs it up. This is why I don't think we'll never go to war with China. All this concept that we're going to go to war with China. Our, our economies, and we do too, too much business together. Right. We have too much shared interest, and our economies are so wrapped up. We buy everything that they, they right. make well, everything. something we have to change in this cycle we've got going right now for us to ever have a war with China. There's no... It would kill both economies. Right. It, it would also ruin all these type of things. There's too much shared interest. But the thing is, it both well, good for you that we don't have a war with China. I'm trying to find the positive <laughs> in what you're saying here, and that's what it would be. I mean, I don't think there's a world war between China and us. There, there's not going to be a world war. There, there's two... All right. There's too many technologically advanced people with a lot of money for that to happen. If ever there was a huge world war, I'm a firm believer that it's just the uber rich trying to just wipe out a bunch of people and just restart and then carry on the lie. Yeah. Did you see Chinese... Uh, was there Chinese military over there or any foreign military that you ended up working with? Yeah, all? yeah. We worked. Oh, my God. There was these uh, Polish crash fire rescue guys. What does that mean? Uh, they were uh, they were helicopter firefighters, and they <laughs> they used to make this shit called Spiritus, that it was basically Polish moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> and we, oh my God, that shit. They used to use that shit to clean the carburetors on the helicopters. Jeez. We had to do a Polish drinking episode. Bijo? Yeah, see, see Oh, like I did the Bijo episode. Did? Yeah, oh, yeah, you <laughs> He was on our show, our Bijo debate show. Oh, my, that. It, Which it, is better, Polish moonshine or by? Hmm. <laughs> Polish moonshine didn't taste as bad because I tasted Bijo for like three days. It, it You burp it up. Yes, for yeah. three days. That was also the top quality stuff I was giving you. <laughs> really? That was high end. Yeah, bro, that that tasted like warthog sweat. It might have like, been fake because it was through. I got it in Chinatown in like a shady bulletproof glass uh, liquor shop. Yeah, it didn't look like the real. I don't think it was the real deal, but it, it it looked like a fake version of what they had on the bottle. Yeah. So, okay. So you were uh, you, you how long? When were you? What's the gap between the being in the military and being a contractor? Um, as soon as I got out, I I went 
and I applied to go to training. And that's because as a contractor, is this true that what I've heard is you do basically the same thing, but you get paid way more? You get yes. paid basically what you deserve, yes. whereas military people get paid barely anything? Yes. Um, I got, I was, I was making a six-figure income. As you should if you're in harm's way right. all the time. Well, you know what a- they give you? You know what they give you as hazard duty pay in the military? What's that? As, at least when I was there. An extra $5 a day. Yeah, see, it's ridiculous. $5 a day. $5 if you're a in day. Like a, you mean like if you're in, in a, a combat zone. zone. combat zone. This is why anyone who's against, there used to be this thing in America where people were really against um, contractors. Well, there was a, during the Iraq War, a lot of people were against the contractors. I mean, but now people have forgotten. I'm for it. It's for a, it's a company's actually paying soldiers what they should be paid. Right. Yeah, but the but thing is that effort. you have to go through the military to become a contractor. But in the early days of the war, they were getting high school athletes, kids right out of high school, to be contractors, to be defense contractors. Without going to the military, first? without going to the military first, yeah, they would go. Like they would drafted. go through. Yeah. They would <laughs> NFL team. <laughs> you get your second round pick, and you're like, ah, I'm not playing for Tampa Bay. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Young. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they would they would put these kids through through uh, like a six week combat intensive training course, and then just send them out to Iraq. Oh, so that's a problem because it's not real training. No, well, yeah. no, it is. It is. It's training. You can it's train somebody, than- but the thing is that you're tra- you're taking somebody that his nuts has, hasn't even dropped all the way yet, and you're putting a whole bunch of money in his face and saying, come on, let's go over here. You might get killed. But is and that better than putting no money in, like less yeah. money? I mean, yeah, I think it's bullshit to send anybody to war, period. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I don't know. I, I started smoking weed at the age of 27 and it changed my perspective on everything. <laughs> it saved my life. How it so? Really did. Um, but I, I hated myself uh, for a very long time with a, with a combination of the, the PTSD from combat and the PTSD from just growing up with that childhood. Um, so I, I had depression. I had anxiety problems. And at the age of 27, I started smoking. And for the first time in my, in my adult life, I'd say I I relaxed. I was able to calm down for a moment. And it took about a year after that. But um, with smoking and relaxing, I started losing weight. And I started because I got up to 265 pounds. What do you weigh now? Uh, I'm 200, but that's because I have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you don't look unhealthy in any way. You look just like normal. No, but I was before uh, when I lost weight, I got down to a, 170 pounds. And I was... I was pretty cut. It's great. Yeah. Like, I was in really good shape. So you were in Iraq for how long total? Total, like, I'd say total days in country, about two years. Two years. And how much of that was downtime, sitting around doing nothing, versus how much of it was high intense, like, we're going out, we're going to guard these guys who are defusing this bomb, whatever that is. Uh, when Dude, I was there, what percentage? Like fifty-fifty? What are you? Uh, when I all right. So yeah, I'd say fifty-fifty, fifty-fifty. Because uh, now when I was contracting, because when I was contracting, you'd work twelve hours a day. Really? Six, six days a week. Yeah. Oh man, so earn that big money. They yeah, you gotta earn yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, what do you yeah. work when you're not contracting? When you're just uh, when I was when I was in the Marine Corps was um, 
we'd work 24 hours on, 24 hours off because we were part of what's called a QRF, a quick reaction force. So those usually are in increments of work cycles. But you have people out there that they're on base working in a warehouse that they never go outside the wire. And most of their time is sitting around playing cards and seeing how much gear they can steal from the military and sell to people that need it. <laughs> how do you get that job? You, have to- you just sign for that when you sign up. Oh. But you get made fun of your whole time, and right. even when you get out. Eh. But then when you get home, people don't know. You can make up stories. And, and that's what most <laughs> people do. Oh, what? You know how many stories I've lied through my teeth about Iraq? Because that was part of hating myself was you you feel like you're not worthy, so you glorify your experiences there. And that was something that I, I suffered with for a couple of years after I got back, was trying to church up what I did out there because I felt like I wasn't worthy. Well, dude, I got to say I respect it. I don't know. I mean, I respect that there's people who, who from our country who would go over and do something like that. Who would even – I think initially it's in the name of good, right? It, it, I mean, well, I thought I was – Even if the war is not the right war, it's like we need – you know, it's like the fact that we can do it is – Exactly. We need – gonna... uh, every country needs soldiers, need people willing to defend the country, whether we agree with what's actually happening mm. or not. I think that I think that if we took some of that funding and instead of putting it into the military, we put it into the understanding of how to survive and coexist with humanity. And we actually educated people. We put that money into education. We put that money in into therapy for everybody. We socialize how we take care of our people. And we make it so that we don't need to fight. Because, yeah, fighting is primitively ingrained in us, but we all love each other, too, from the beginning. So it depends on what you harness and what you, what you grow, which seed you water. So instead of watering the war seed, why don't we water the love seed? Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I was trying to say I love you, Petey. That's I what love I was you trying too, to say. <laughs> so but I agree. Obviously, yeah. we agree. The love seat. So when, when, <laughs> the I'm love all about the love seat. Caps Did you? Uh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, when you. So you did you move back to Florida after? Uh, or, I or, after you, I got out of the uh, contracting, I did move back to Florida. I went to Miami, and that's when I was there. I was a bouncer in Miami for a couple of years. Did you have, just back to uh, war real quick, did you have good experiences over there? Did you have any time when you got to meet uh, people? I did. I did get to meet some people. And it's it's funny because, bro, people are exactly the same everywhere you go. They got problems. They got people they fall in love with. They got people they hate. They, everybody loves money. They, <laughs> they got food. People breathe. If you cut them, they bleed. It's all the same. <laughs> That's did the not, most sinister, but also did not know any of that heartwarming <laughs> thing I've heard. So, what? Where were you based? And then, did you like? What's the specific of what you're talking about? Was there one story you could tell us where you got to, or anything you got, you met locals? Okay, and- so when I was contracting, I had to supervise a group of Iraqis that were doing construction on this one building. And it was because over there it's all about whose cousin is who and that's how the contracts get awarded. And then they allow the local government to award the contracts to the people that are coming on base because they're working in their country. So it's still the corruption happens. So they hired a bunch of guys that don't know shit what they're doing (laughs) to to remodel this building. And my dad was a general contractor 
uh, and I got to know a, bit, a little bit about construction. So I just interacted with them, and I kind of helped them out a little bit. And when I saw them doing something that was going to destroy <laughs> somebody's life, <laughs> you mean like building a, a building without like a no? They were they were cutting off this blocked reinforced patio, uh, like a balcony that was inside of a building. And they have this thing, and they're they bust like they take like four days to just bust through the concrete, and then they're they're sawing with uh, a diamond blade through the reinforcement bar, and they're just planning on letting the balcony fall off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there's guys like standing in front of it while there's people cutting the reinforcement oh my bar. Gosh. And I was like, "What the hell?" This is, is an that? Iraqi team. Yes. Okay. Of like. 18 guys and half of them were 19 years old and their dad or their somebody was connected to yeah. get them the contract yeah and they i guess they would make a lot of money off that contract yes right? yeah yes they used to try to give me money so that i could buy american products on base like brooms or tools mops and shit like that to bring it to them and because they would just and it, we we started becoming like it was really cool because I would just bring them stuff and then they bring me food and a little barter. Yeah, a did little they barter. speak English? Uh, no. Uh, well, not really. I mean, everybody speaks a little bit of English. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, so we were able to communicate enough. There was one guy, one kid that he spoke well enough. Did you learn any other local language? Uh, I mean, I, I could really offend somebody. Certain it's, words. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's useful. How do you say hello? Uh, like, habariyak, or no, that's fucking Swahili. Fuck. <laughs> that's so, a whole nother story. So yeah. Spend some time. No, because we worked, we worked with, uh, Ugandans as guards in Iraq. Uh, oh, wow. Get air command. Yeah, third, they're third country nationals. And the guy who owns the studio or that uh, runs the pod and everything, he lived in, grew up in Uganda for a little while. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Then he went on to create Venmo, and that's why we're here. Really? Yeah, Venmo, and then Ents, which is the app. He might be in the other room. Uh, no, I think he's outside. We'll introduce you to him later. Yeah. Okay. Really cool. Yeah. That's really really cool. Yeah. Well, cool, man. And then as Cap was saying, yeah. when you came back, I guess when you came back the first time, you had a little trouble. I mean, it sounds like it, right? Adjusting back to life in America? Yeah, but yeah, that was just, it was, it's hard to like not, not be angry all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because you get like, you're over there, you're driving and people got to get out of your way. Yeah. Like you're driving at 60 miles per hour and their speed limit is 45 and they see you coming, they got to get off the side of the road. And then you come here and you get stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have PTSD. Yeah. And you're late. And that's why I was, I was losing my mind. I didn't even drive for two years when I, when I moved to in Miami. I but got rid you, of my car. Really? Yeah. So, but then you, but you went back. I mean, did you have like a, did you that think was, that was the way to? Well, yeah, that was it. It to, was just, just. Go back to that, what you knew. You felt like you belonged, like you had a better understanding of how to, how to, how to exist over there. Well, I hate, all right. So I hated myself there and I hated myself here. At least over there, it made sense. Right. So. When I was here hating myself, I, I really hated myself. So I just went over there and just, whatever. Make, and some, then, make some money to hate yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you might as well get paid for yeah. it. Yeah. It's yeah, going to yeah. happen one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. And then the weed helped. 
And then the weed helped. That's great. Weed and then people lot. in Florida, were they, like, how, what's the reaction to coming back from Iraq? The war, like, up here was, like, very, people were very kind of anti-war. and all Really? That I, feel like I feel like America. But I feel like in Florida, I don't know, it might depend a little bit. if you Because here, like you were saying, you don't know anybody. There's a lot of veterans in Florida. Killed. I know yeah. a lot of people that, that joined the military, and they're very patriotic and very receptive. Basically, they're, they're still blind to the whole idea of... Yeah. Well, there's a, is there a way to... Because I know we had... In El Dorado Hills, where I grew Ooh. up outside of Sacramento, we had a veteran uh, who was a, a year or two younger than me, and he died mm. in war... In, war and then uh he's like a, a hero in our town right, like right. forever you right. know and everybody it was universal respect i don't think there was any bigger than Vladi. negative mm. and i think people are separating you can separate hopefully the person who goes over who's in a situation like you or, or whoever who goes over for what we think of as good and then the war like you can separate yeah. hopefully i think people well yeah they do i mean everybody whenever you meet anybody that that doesn't actually understand what it's like. They're always super inquisitive, and they're oh, so did you kill anybody? And it's like that's that's always the question that you get from people. That but ever it's since such a ridiculous uh, question, but everybody asks I'm it. But over there, they like I get that question more here because you don't get as many veterans over there. There's there's more of a culture of In understanding. Florida. Yes. Yeah. 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 So and thinking. you you get less of that question. It's more of the oh, is everything okay? And like they're yeah. like they're more of the is everything fine and how is life adjusting? So they they really do try to help. And what about comedy? Has that has that um, how how like when did you start? I guess you started comedy a couple years ago. Yeah, pretty far along after. Your yeah. recovery process and all that, whatever yeah, yeah, you would yeah. call it. Yeah, it was after I had already uh, started recovering, and I was 30 when I started doing comedy. Yeah, I was 28 yeah. when I started, so a little later, but who gives a shit, who right? Who gives a shit? I'm yeah. doing all right. Why is it? Yeah, doing great. Exactly. Good you have more to experience. talk about. You have I mean, a whole life. Yeah. I don't know if you've gotten into it yet, but once you decide to, I think it's a great... I mean, there's so many things... I do, I do talk a little bit about my experiences. Well, that's all I talk about really on stage are just my different experiences and how I view. I've heard you talk about your high school, like growing up stuff. Yeah. In Key West. Yeah. That was, that's oh, a that's, lot of fun. Now the, uh, album two, whatever. Yeah. It's, hour two is the war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you, yeah, speaking of growing up, did you, like, how, like, did you see, like, violence, like, in your, like, with, like, the... Like drug yeah. dealing, like right there, or was it? Bro, I like saw a... a cop sitting at my. I swear to you, on my on my dad's ashes, I saw police officers in uniform sitting at my dinner table, doing cocaine. Oh, whoa! whoa. Yeah, like you, I wouldn't like That's I wouldn't be allowed to cop. see them with the coke, but like my parents, oh, you guys go to, and then you hear. <laughs> And like going on in the kitchen, and like, yeah. So the cops well, would come by, do a little inspection. The thing about Key West, as we know, Kev, from our trip, it's not a big place. It's not land size. It's tiny. Right. It's tiny. It's so you would have to know the local police would have to know. Bro, who. how about this? In the nineties, the police commissioner's son went missing, and it's still an unsolved case. The Key West police. The police commissioner of Key West. His son. And that's because you think he was wrapped up in... Uh... Every, the police commissioner himself was wrapped up. And the police commissioner now, if, he, if he's not now, he was back then. If he wasn't back then, he knew everybody that was around him was. Because it was literally 
everywhere. It's like a different country. The Conch Republic is what yeah, they call it, right? 1982. Did you know Key West seceded from America? They yeah, did. 1982. 1982. They became the Conch Republic, their own country. Yep. For how long? They still are? For like a week and a half, like a week. two weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They still call what it. What was the bro, reason they for did... behind it in 1982? What was going on? Talk to his dad. All right. Know. No, uh, so <laughs> there was so many drugs that were being ran up the Keys and so many people that were coming into the United States illegally that the the U.S. Border Patrol decided to just put up a roadblock uh, in front of uh, this smuggler's key or some shit like that. And it would cause so many hours of backup traffic to leave the keys that it was negligible. Uh, ne- negatively uh, affecting the tourism, yeah, the tourism and yeah. and the the locals because there's only one road in one yeah. the US one US yeah. two lane road yeah and uh, so they wrote a letter to the White House saying that we're seceding the mayor was the one because first the mayor said look take out the roadblock and the border patrol was like shut up we do what we want I'm like okay you don't talk to con- to a conk like that. <laughs> and they went up there and they, they threw Cuban bread and water balloons. Amazing. <laughs> Bro. Do we have to go to war? I don't remember that chapter. <laughs> they call no, it the Falcons War. They call it the the Great Sea Battle of nineteen eighty uh, of nineteen eighty two. They came by a they took a boat and they drove by a Coast Guard boat and they threw stale Cuban bread and water balloons and shit. God, all these people are threatening to secede California now. To, like, go, have some balls, Key West. Exactly. You Throw water right. everything. Yeah. I feel like you, should, you need to write. This needs to be a documentary that you produce, or a screenplay, or a book I about have... the 1982 se- secession. That's well, that's Keys. your idea now. You've just taken it. Is that we all own a third now? <laughs> yeah. You can write it. You're local. You're from there. You know all the people, especially a documentary. You can yeah. you can track everybody down who was involved in that. Yeah, yeah, it'd be easy. That'd be awesome. Done. All right, Petey, thank you <laughs> for awesome. doing it. Well, what do you have to promote? Then we'll get to the news. Have you got anything coming up or you got any shows? Uh, Yeah, every Monday at 8 at the Grizzly Pair, 107 McDougal Street. Uh, I produce a show there. And um, every weekend at AC Jokes, which is uh, Atlantic City Comedy Club with a bunch of comedians. We have... Uh, Shows out there every weekend. Check us out, acjokes.com. Check it out. And the one, it's in, Jersey. We have because we have listeners all over the world. New York City, Greenwich Village, that's where you're the well, Atlantic, yes. Atlantic, Atlantic City, Pair. New Jersey, though. Atlantic so, City, well, New Jersey. Right, right. Yes, for the second yeah, yeah, one. The two well, different things. anyone wants to play in a summer getaway down and the shore. And if you guys uh, want to see what I'm working on, come check me out. I'm posting uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Petey Rancel. I'm the only one in the world. You can check me out. Wow. Amazing. Great to all right. He's the only Turner Sparks, right? I'm the only Turner Sparks as far as I know. If I ever meet another one, I have to fight him. So there's a fight lot. Him. There's a lot Absorb of Michael. his soul. Exactly. <laughs> there's so many Michael Kaplan's out there. I used to be a member of a Facebook group called the Michael Kaplan's of the World that some guy started. So there's thousands. There's like thousands. <laughs> so, there's, there's a lot. And then I invited them all to a party I was throwing. I was like, Anybody in this group named Michael Kaplan are free to come to this party. That'd be amazing. And one guy apparently showed up, but he never talked to me. I heard, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then they disbanded the group, so I don't know what happened. to Everyone. The I think game. you weirded them out. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're like, we can't all meet for real. That'd be what the is funniest. this guy? <laughs> Only Michael Kaplan's allowed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you get to see. You got to find a very common girl name to make this party interesting, because otherwise you just <laughs> something else. Kaplan. Yeah. <laughs> Kaplan, yeah. All right, let's get to the news.
we're back. First news story of the week. This comes to us from The Guardian, Kaplan. All right. Two heterosexual Irish men marry each other to avoid inheritance tax on property. Is that? Okay. Explain. This isn't Irish like Americans, like a guy from Boston gets an Irish tattoo and then he's Irish. <laughs> they live this in is Ireland. like actually in Ireland. Matt Murphy, 83 years old, intends to leave his house to his uh, carer, Michael O'Sullivan, who's 58 years old. So I guess well, this, a younger relationship. Good score for him. They're friends. They're, they're pals, they say. A likely story. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But it would have left, but he wanted to give his house to this guy because he couldn't pay him, but it would have left the younger guy with a 50,000 euro uh, tax bill. So instead, they just got married to avoid the tax. Does he not have any kids or any family or anything? We pissed off. Uh, I don't know if he has family, but this guy's been taking care of him for the last like uh, 10 okay. or 15 years. Yeah, so he deserves a house. Yeah, he deserves the house. He yeah, he's trying house. to figure out a way to pay him. He doesn't have money to pay him, so he's like, why don't you just take my house? Right. And then he found out there was this 50,000 right. euro tax. So apparently the guy didn't like gummies. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I so. guess so. I'm all for it. I think this is like the ultimate, because this podcast, we didn't mention earlier, but we're the alt-middle. You've heard of the alt right. You've heard yeah, of the left. Yeah, yeah, we're the yeah, alt middle. This okay. is the, we're the voice of the alt middle. We're the voice of the people. This is very <laughs> alt middle because on what it's socially liberal, like two guys getting married. Yeah, right? but it's a getting around paying taxes, which is very conservative. Very economically <laughs> conservative. I'm all for it. I'm 100%. Wasn't it like that movie with Adam Sandler? Wasn't this a plot of a movie? Yeah, yeah. I know pronouncing <laughs> Chuck and Larry. Yeah. Is this what it's yeah, about? Yeah, no, it's about the life insurance in case the life yeah. insurance. Yeah. Oh, maybe they just saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're the two people who saw it. I mean, I worry like it's like the slippery slope thing where it's like people if the people could do this, great, but then it's like you don't want to like demean like gay marriage, right? So then it becomes like the whole thing where like, oh, people are just gonna, you know, marry a dog or marry this. Why not? I don't but, think this uh, yeah. is. But, but, you don't but want here's to, the thing. I mean, why don't we? Why don't we take? Should, should be honor, as I'm saying. You should really. This is honoring gay marriage. No, but it's not because. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm saying. But it's not it's making a joke of it. No, yes, it is. It's making it. It's 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 utilizing it as a tool. Yeah. But that. It, Who re cares? it really points out why you shouldn't have all this tax stuff for marriage. And I'm married, so I shouldn't say this, but all this stuff's kind of bullshit. It is. It's like why? Because I decided to get married. I get a tax. Like it should just be like the same. No matter what your situation is. And then no one could argue about gay marriage anymore because no one would care. Yeah. Because they want us to get married <laughs> because they want to control us because they're the man rage against the machine. Yeah. yeah. Fuck the system. Fuck so. the system. But Here's what I would say. The last thing I have to say about this, this totally seems like an idea that Trump would come up with in one of those like ad hoc meetings where yeah. CNN, like Diane Feinstein yeah. sitting him and CNN's all there and everything. And he'd be like, well, you two guys, why don't you just get married? That's yeah. good. Put yeah. it in the bill. Yeah. And then the next day he'd have to walk it back when everyone told him that that was a horrible idea for like, his, <laughs> his party or whatever. Yeah. You know? But in the meeting, he'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Just do it. Well, now I'm thinking already. I'm like, if I, if I adopt more kids, there's child tax credit you get. Yeah, I think that. that's the reason. Gonna pretend like someone's my child. <laughs> You're going to start scumbagging the yeah. system? I was going to say, I think that, that's what happens with foster kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh. is horrible. Next story. <laughs> Sir, I didn't come up with that. I'm not an original con artist. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're biting that con artist bit from somebody else. Yeah. Next story. For, this comes to us from the Shanghaiists. This, what, is, a, this is one of our top papers. Which is, somebody, a, a super fan like Jennifer Miles Peak should keep track of which newspapers we use the most? I feel like the Shanghai is up there. Start retweeting us because yeah. we're giving them so we much. We give free. them so much love. Them this and the is, Daily Mail. This is a blog out of Shanghai, China. Taiwan barber will buzz Donald Trump's face into the back of your head. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's a. Is that you like can, you can go down to Miami, go to the to the to the Hialeah flea market and get that shit? Done. <laughs> hey, Hialeah. <laughs> I remember I used to know a guy who had a T-shirt that said Hialeah fucking Leah. 
Yeah, well, that's what it is. It is high of fucking Leo. It's a hardcore part of town. Oh, okay, I know. I don't. It's, know. it's where all the Cubans went. Oh, so you can get some good food. Yeah, good cigars. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's also near where the Orange Bowl is, which I guess was is torn yeah. down. Guess what? Syracuse doesn't, doesn't go to the Orange Bowl very often lately, so I don't, <laughs> yeah. it's been a while. So this is what they say: the Trump cut, as it's known now uh-huh. in Taiwan, okay. the Trump cut. Give me the Trump. Is cut. it orange? Uh, it is, well, you have to dye your hair like orange. You know, you people dye their hair; they bleach it. Mm-hmm. But if you have dark hair and you bleach it uh, unprofessionally, it just comes out as that orangish. Yeah, that's what it is on top. And in the back, it's shaved into the back of your head. Like old New York Knicks player Anthony Mason used to get the skyline <laughs> into his head. Shout right. out. Now it's just Trump's face. But it says the Trump cut, as it's known, was cut by stylist Alan Chin in Taiwan and recently has become huge on social media, allowing Chin to show off some more of his masterpieces. He also does a Mickey Mouse and a Mona Lisa. I was going to ask who else he does. That's a weird threesome. Mickey Mouse, well, begs, Mona Lisa, and Don Trump. It F- begs Mary the question, Kill. if you're going to get someone... Uh, shaved into the back of your head, who would it be? And those are my three choices. Or, others? or any leader. Any any leader from history. Um well Can I get Ronald McDonald? Sure, he's a leader. He is. Ronald McDonald's a good one because also his hair is you you, you dye your hair red on top. Yeah. And you have his hair be your hair kinda. I, I'm just excited to get anything etched into my head with hair because I'm bald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the level of detail, like you know, you can actually like see is his whole body or is it just Trump's face? It's like, Trump's face. Okay, in your hair. It's like what will soon be on um, you know, the uh what's it, North Dakota? What do we have? Yeah. The Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. It'll be the, yeah. the future Mount Rushmore. You have all four plus I Trump. Think I would maybe like you go do you go like Che Guevara or something because then the kids like you. I think it's cool. You go Mal. Our kids still go, <laughs> our kids still <laughs> I would go I would Hitler, go she- just to really just put the mustache in your face <laughs> in your hair. I would go Xi Jinping uh-huh. because that's next generation's dictator. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, think to the future. That's it's an investment. Dictator. You gotta like you're gonna live for China it. has a new dictator as of like two weeks ago. The guy said he's never stepping down. He's not stepping down from I office. I might go Ivanka Trump, thinking along those lines. That's our new Evita. Yeah, why not? Uh, okay. Jim Beheim. The, co- the, coach, the coach of Syracuse basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's some kind of dictator. Yeah, he's sure. for life, so I don't know. i got a lot of options. People, fans out there, we have a lot of fans in Taiwan, I know. Ints us in. No, get our haircuts. Put, get You're our faces. Right. Also, Kaplan, we, we've done his challenges along the way. Once we get to 1,000 downloads, I think I had to shave my head. Yeah. And we get to 1,500. Should we have something shaved into our head at if we get to a certain 2, number? 2,000, Kaplan. Two, this is per week. I grew a mustache at some point. Kaplan had to grow a mus- uh, pedo mustache at 2,000 per week. Uh-huh. I think at 3,000, one of us has to get Trump in. <laughs> Trump. Or some leader. Yeah, I don't think, it, honestly, in New York City, it would be safer to put, like, I mean, any of those dictators we talked about, even Hitler, probably over Trump. <laughs> You're, You're going to get your ass kicked. In Someone's most neighborhoods kick. in New York City. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. That's We need more downloads well, for that. Last news story <laughs> of the week. This is it. This is our last one. This comes to us from CBS New York. So we're staying right here. A father in Virginia who said that his son was kicked off a school bus for bullying students has turned his child's unique punishment into an internet sensation. These are all internet sensations this week. (laughs) In a series of Facebook videos, the father advocated for old school, simple parenting while making his son run to school in the rain every day. The boy is 10 years old, and he lives one mile away from school. Wait, how did he—was it uphill? 
Both I, ways. I, <laughs> no. <laughs> How do you make it rain? Oh, in the old is, days. Does he control the weather? <laughs> that's what, but that gets to my first point. In the old days, walking to school is not a punishment. That's just what everyone yeah, did. Yeah, one mile. Yeah. How did he make him run? Did he, like, drive alongside him, like rock, like the trainer in Rocky, <laughs> like, with the car going dun, really dun, slow? Dun, 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 run. Dun, I don't know. Was he cracking a whip? Like, what? It doesn't say, but it also this is something good. For, I think for this kid's future, it's like early dad. It is early dad ammo for when yeah. he has kids. Because when these kids have kids, they're going to be like teleporting to school. And at least he can say like, oh, I used to have to run to school in the rain. In the rain with my dad he'll tweeting be, about it. He'll be the only <laughs> one of his whole... <laughs> my dad tweeting about it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be the only one of his whole generation. That's a good, like, this is a theme now. Last week we talked about the dad who turned it on himself and beat himself, or had his son beat himself. Oh, this was a Chinese parenting style. Is it when, you, when this guy's son did something bad, the dad There's had so the son sh- whip him. Because it was such shame he felt for, her, for her failing to raise his son properly, He I guess. wasn't a good enough parent. So this in America though we turn it around. I, I guess I support the American wow. style. Wow, I would have loved to have been part of that news story, Tommy. Well, we get back. To, so the son was whipping the dad because the dad said, "You messed up. It's on me." They Cause, quoted cause some his, Chinese. His son quoted a Chinese idiom that like said that to the effect, basically. And, and so the son had to whip the dad for the son messing up. Oh wow! I'd have been started stealing cars and shit. I'd have beat the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a good point. It would motivate you to not behave, probably. I'd beat the shit out of my old man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was the point. <laughs> uh, oh, you don't want to give me allowance, huh? Come in, motherfucker. <laughs> Come shakedown. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to that parent. So style. now it's gone all the way to being a tough parent in America is just making your kid walk to a mile. Like, that's to how school. sad we've fallen. Like. Exactly. That, that, that's and it's actually newsworthy. He's probably that counting. You're punishing. His... I mean, I'm good for this dad. That's a good way to like. Punish, your bullying's bad, right? But like, it's funny that now this is a news story. That's you walk to school one mile. I think this kid's a candidate for the military. Yeah, yeah. I think so you think he, so? Even, he can run a mile apparently, or can he run? <laughs> he can walk a mile. That, that's all right. American he can get into the, the Air Force. He can definitely get into the Air Force with that. Oh, what's the hierarchy? What's the weakest one? The Air Force. We call it well, Coast kind Guard. of. Coast Guard is really considered like that's not merchant, even the military. Even military. Mer- where's Merchant Marines on this whole thing? No, the National Guard. Is that's that, all I'll give you. Is that part of the Marine? <laughs> <laughs> no, Merchant Marines are basically just guys that work on cruise ships, selling like or on on uh, on freaking freight ships. Cruise ships. <laughs> yeah, cruise ships. The cruise ships. Freight ships. Hey, I'm Cuban. They're all boats. No, I like it. <laughs> I like it that you you think so nothing of them. You're like whatever cruise ships. I don't know something. Yeah, well, it's that not the military. Like oh, They're it's not, not the military. military. Oh, okay. You gotta survive. You get, not get seasick. Salvation Army maybe is the lowest, <laughs> lowest <laughs> form of military. So we got. Okay, then we got. So then you say it's Air Force, Air Force, Navy, Army, Marine Corps is what I'm gonna always say. With Marines being the highest, Marines being the highest because it's always it's the toughest. Well, that's in that's 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 specialty military. But as far as what the general branches of service are, uh, Marine Corps has the toughest boot camp. uh, Army has the second toughest. Navy has the third, and Air Force has the easiest. How come the Marines doesn't have a college, though? All these teams have, like, Air Force runs the wishbone. They all football team. Well, <laughs> they uh, in the game. Where's well, the Marine the, college? It's Where's Navy, the football it's team? It's the Navy Marine Corps versus Army Air Force. Oh, see. Okay. It's the same. Got it. Yeah. We didn't – actually, I, I realized we didn't wrap it up. So how did you – you got a, a discharge? How would you get out eventually out of the military? Uh, I got a good conduct discharge by the skin of my teeth. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? And that was because of your injury? Uh, no, it's just if you don't get into too much trouble in three years, you get uh, what's called the Good Conduct Medal. And then, like, if you don't fuck up too royally, 
You get out and you get a good conduct discharge. I honorable discharge. Nice. Give you participation trophies even in the military now. <laughs> All I gotta do is not fuck oh, anymore. Oh, oh yeah. they do. They do. If you are in the military while the country is at war, you don't even have to go nowhere. You get a national defense medal. Yeah. Really? You just gotta. Yeah, you, you, fight you graduate though. from boot camp uh, with a medal. That's kind of. Cool. Oh, if you didn't even go. If you didn't go but, nowhere. Or if you're in like Germany or something on like a. You get you get a medal. Wow, that's what we should do, Cap. Yeah, we should give <laughs> medals to our guests. No, we should get a medal for we, everybody who's been on on the show. No, we should join and then go to Germany and then uh, sneak you, away. You could you you would be like a lieutenant colonel somewhere. This guy, he's gonna be a Bose's mate, like painting the side of the ship. Kaplan, <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy is going to try to smuggle a bottle of tequila into yeah, yeah. party Kaplan. <laughs> that's they how call I do it. I mean, I can't do anything else. I'm t- I'm t- I have flat feet. I got all sorts of problems. I'm he can't g- I'm squint, distracted. he was I saying squint. earlier. I'd be totally useless. <laughs> 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 all right. That's it. Petey Rancel. Thanks for doing the pod, my man. The problem? The pod. The, okay, the podcast. Pod. Thanks for doing the Trip podcast. podcast. My yeah. man. Thank, thank you for your Rancel. service. Hey, guys, thank you very, very much for having me. It's been an honor and privilege to be here with you guys. All, way- all right, Cap, that's it. What are we doing now? I'm going to go sign up Teddy Kaplan for the military, and I'm going to get lost. We're- we have a live podcast tonight. We oh stand up New York shit that's tonight that's I gotta get tonight baby- I gotta get a babysitter then should we say that again Cap what are we doing now I'm going I'm getting a babysitter I'm going to the live podcast baby and we're not getting lost because we'll see you at the live we'll podcast. see you there Stay- and if you're not there go fuck yourself hey that's <laughs> hey. it adios darling. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.